0: Tighten up. You listening to Two Tone
1: Uncensored. One for the typos. Two-toned and sensitive. Marie to get ready, bringing pressure like a blister. For our reports, Grime, Matt, and Glenn give you. 5 so Stay film, ain't gonna be no doubt. This for all the fans sitting up in the bleachers. If we ain't there, then we're coming through your speakers. Two-toned and aka the teacher. Sit back, relaxing, you'll come up believers. Marcus is throwing bombs, touchdowns, two receivers. He can chuck it down the field, so run can run double. Future TTU number one. Get it done on the weekly. Better tighten up, cause we got work to do this season.
0: Hey, this is Bo Scave. you listening to Two-Tone Uncensored. Tighten
2: up. You're listening to Two-Tone Uncensored with a brand new intro. Thanks, Dantron Russell, for working with us on that. I'm your host, Ryan Moreland. With me, as always, Matt Necrone, who was at the game this week. How you doing, Matt?
1: Did a lot of driving last night. Not a lot of sleeping, but we are here, and we're ready to roll.
2: As long as you're here, man. Also with us... Public enemy number one of all crackheads out there, Glenn Lotzenheiser. What's up, Glenn?
0: I got my rock hammer. I'm out there collecting teeth off these crackheads. One way or the other, I'm going to shut these fuckers up.
2: (laughs) So watch out if you're out there saying that malarkey should be fired or we need to trade Marcus already uh, because Glenn's coming after you. But we have a full show here, so let's jump right into it with the mailbag. First question here, guys. Brandon Williams, good friend of the show and Hall of Famer, asks... Is it time to give Henry more carries?
0: I'm going to say no. He he played fairly well, and Demarco, you know, he, he's still kind of rounding into form. I don't think week two is the time to change things up. You know, he's going to earn his extra carries as the season goes on.
1: My immediate thought is no, as well. I just think that we could have used him more yesterday, but at the same time, I think we could have used more run game in general yesterday. So, no, but I do think that you know the only time we're going to see a dramatic change is if we are running to Marco and he's going nowhere, which that really hasn't happened yet. He hasn't had enough opportunity.
2: yeah, Henry's production was a little bit better. It was four point two yards per carry compared to three point seven, so it was a little bit better. Uh, but the scheme's obviously the issue like Matt was bringing up. We had seventy six we had seventy six percent of our snaps from three wide receiver sets. Murray's not going to dominate in that environment. Henry's not going to dominate in that environment. We need to run the ball more. We need to get back to the smash-mouth part of our game. Um, So I blame Robisky, not Murray, for that. Second question here from Art Urias. Will Corey Davis see more targets in Week 2?
1: I don't think he'll necessarily see more. It all depends on what we want to do. I mean, Marcus threw the ball 41 times, and Davis saw 10 of those. So... I think he should be up there in leading our targets. I think he showed everybody why we we took him early. Um, He was a big question mark coming into this game. He impressed me. I saw firsthand what he can do. He's going to win a lot of those 50-50 balls. As far as seeing more than 10, I don't think. But, I mean, he should definitely be up there with seven or eight per week.
0: He saw about the right number, I think. You know that's that's right where I want him at is you're right about ten targets a game he's an explosive enough player and he makes enough nice moves on the ball that 10 is about right i don't, I wouldn't want him to start getting a ton of them just coming off of an injury but let let's stick the ten that's a good number and it still spreads the ball around
2: I think if anything you see his numbers go down because I want to run the ball more, so we're going to throw the ball less so it might drop his targets a little bit, but he's still led the team in targets, so you know obviously if it go i mean It's not like we're talking about he was third or something. He was the the number one uh, sought-after receiver this week. I I think that will continue. I wish we run the ball more, though. I want to get, you know, a common theme you're probably going to hear from me tonight is we need to run the ball more. Last question here in the mailbag, guys. Tyler Chandler asked this. Do you foresee Adore sticking with the starters on the outside when Sims comes back and Logan being pushed into the slot?
1: Down the road, maybe, but I... I don't think judging off of this one performance, that's the the route they're going to take. I think there will be a lot of rotation one way or the other. Uh, I do want to see LaShawn Sims get out there. I think he would have been a big help in this game. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't have him out there. But Adori, man, a lot of people bashing him, he impressed me. I don't think he's uh, that far off from being a pretty solid corner. And, you know, he made some plays. He, he did get beat a couple times, but a lot of times in the end zone against a great receiver in Amari Cooper – the kid made plays. I was very uh, intrigued and impressed by a Jackson.
0: I'm going to just mirror what Matt said. He showed up a lot better than I thought he would game one.
2: Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, 38% completion percentage when thrown to a Jackson against a really good offense, a really good passing offense. He shined. He looked uh, great in this matchup, um, which is a, a tough one. Talking about a raw guy coming out. It's his NFL debut. I thought he played excellent. I won't say that it's going to happen right when Sims comes back, but I definitely can see this happening down the road, especially if Logan continues to struggle because he was pretty bad in this game. If he continues to have those kinds of struggles, then you're going to see him get pushed to the slot. And you're going to see Sims take over that, uh, that sideline. But uh, right now, just like Matt said, I don't see it happening right away. But let's move on here, guys. Let's recap what happened this week. Let's start off with the negatives uh, in a 26-16 to 16 loss that we had at the hands of the Raiders, what negatives did you take away from this football game?
1: The first thing that stood out to me was the fact that in the first half, there was no Delaney Walker. It took a long time to get him into the rotation as far as targets go. I think if we would have used him early, a lot of things probably would have opened up for us better. I just felt like we didn't really have a general game plan. We were kind of all over the place with the play calls. There didn't seem to be a a strategy that we were sticking to. You mentioned earlier Marcus threw 41 times earlier. That's too much. Obviously, the onside kick in the beginning didn't help us. Now, I'm not going to bash Malarkey too much for going that route because I understand his reasoning for trying something like that, but that put us at a disadvantage from the door. There just wasn't a lot of strategy
0: the play calling didn't help. You know, I didn't like the uh, onside kick to start the season. I get why you do it, just to see if it can happen for you. But that's not the tone I want to set with my defense. I don't want to put them in a corner to start out the season. It, that's something that I reserve for the Jeff Fisher we're playing, Peyton Manning. We have no shot if we don't just turn the ball over as much as possible right off the bat. Th- this wasn't that level of a lopsided uh, matchup. So I, I didn't like it, but, you know, be it so, so yeah, first game. First play, will be all right. Uh, w- one of the negatives that stood out to me was just the complete lack of tackling. Uh, same problem we had last year and have had for years with all different players. Guys going high on, you know, low-running leverage players like Lynch. Guys diving at their feet, making business decisions that, all right, maybe I don't make this tackle. You know, I- I'm not going to go up there and go take on this hit. I'm just going to go ahead and dive at his feet and see if I can trip him up and see if I can get the tackle that way. I just – Bad fundamental football drives me nuts. And so my my big negative was the tackling and just the effort in that tackling. You saw it show up on special teams, which was supposed to be much improved. It looked the exact same kind of thing to me with Patterson, just moving through arm tackles, stepping over people as they dove at his feet. Saw it in the run game with Lynch. I mean, he leveled Casey, and that was 100%. Casey did not get low for that tackle. You just all game long. Bad tackling will cost you games. It gets that running back an extra three or four yards of carry. It gets the uh, return game an extra ten yards. It all adds up, and you saw it when those drives got extended by a shitty tackle, letting a guy get just a few extra yards and get that first down over and over. They've got to fix that.
2: Yeah, I had those same things, the play calling, the terrible tackling. One thing I'll add on to that: the tackling is I thought we forced – we did a good job of – Getting enough pressure in there that it forced Derek Carr to go to his check down, which is what we wanted, you know. Uh and then you know, instead of being like two or three yard gain, we blow the tackle on the check down, and then it ends up being an eight nine yard gain. That hurt us a lot all game long. Um some other things I wanted to add in Logan Ryan played terribly. Uh we paid a lot for a guy that can only play in one spot, and that is in the slot, which is I mean, not not at all what we needed on this team. We have like four guys, or had like four guys on the roster that could cover the slot, and we get another guy. We paid a lot for him, and he played awful. Now The other thing was run the damn ball. You know, this is a smash-mouth football team, or it's supposed to be. We ran the ball not nearly enough in this game. Only 12 carries for DeMarco Murray, six for Derrick Henry. That happens. You're going to have games where you start off slow. You have to keep pounding the rock, keep getting momentum on your side i thought we were too quick to go to the pass the passing game did look good and you know we'll talk about that but i was disappointed in exactly what happened a lot of three wide receiver sets i want to see more two tight end sets i want to see more just pounding the rock forward even at the beginning of the game and i know you can say the game got out of hand but even at the of the game a lot of three wide receiver sets and running out of that and I, I want to see us pound the rock and get more back to what we are as a football team
0: to your point there, Ryan, I felt like the Titans got tightened this game. Uh, we, we expected the Raiders to throw a ball, throw the ball a bunch this game, and they came out and they ran the ball down our throat. You know they they did with Marshawn Lynch what we didn't think they could. We didn't think Lynch was that guy still, and he showed that he still got power. He still got some speed, and they, they came out and they ran the ball a lot. They possessed the ball. They had the ball more than we did. Most of the other stats are fairly even, except for we threw the ball nine more times. They ran the ball about nine more times. All last year, that number would have been reversed. And I I know that we were down and we were trying to get back in the game. But as you said, if we ran the ball a bit more, if we pounded the rock a little bit more, I feel that this game would have gone differently.
1: Yeah, statistically, this game was very even uh the one thing that obviously stood out was they converted in the red zone and we didn't I mean that's basically all there is to it if you look at all the stats of the game everything mirrors
2: yeah I mean you bring up a great point Glenn we played the way we expected them to play and they played the way we'd expect the Titans to play and they ran the rock to set up the pass and and it worked against us and for our football team, winning time of possession is still important. And I know it's not for most NFL teams, but it is still important for us. We need to win time of possession. We need to limit their drives, especially with a team that has such a good offense against you know a young and up-and-coming secondary. We needed to limit how often they were going to get the football, and we didn't do that.
0: Yeah, we haven't evolved into a passing team just yet. They need a play call like we're not there.
2: Absolutely, 100% correct. Uh, but moving on from the negatives, guys, what positives did we take away from this football game?
1: Like I said earlier, the biggest thing for me was was Corey Davis's uh, emergence. Rashard Matthews showed that he may not have the big name, but he's definitely a solid contributor and, and will continue to be. Him and Mario to have a great rapport, and I think that's going to continue. Delaney Walker, I think he's still that guy. I think we need to use him early and often. One thing that with the run game I'll say is Marcus obviously had the best day on the ground. The read option play that he ran out with, obviously that worked to perfection. I do want to see him more on the ground. When you do that, that's going to open up our pass. So that was a couple good things that uh, I took away from it. As far as our defense goes, Ryan, you said you were uh, impressed with some of the pressure we got. I didn't feel that way. Um, Statistically, obviously, it wasn't that good. We had two sacks with Woodyard and Morgan, I think, getting uh, a sack each. But especially early, I didn't feel like we were pressuring him enough. They seemed to be you know, just kind of dinking and dunking down the field. But, I mean, as a whole, if we can tackle better, get those third down stops, I think we'll be able to – to get better results, obviously. But Adoree Jackson was a bright spot for me. He may not have been in the best position on Amari Cooper, but when Amari was going for the catch, Adoree put his hands in there. Definitely a big bright spot on the defense for me.
0: Yeah, Adoree did not embarrass himself, which is about what you want from a rookie cornerback starting his first game against a guy like Amari Cooper or Crabtree for that matter. I felt that he played well, and that's all I could really ask for him because I didn't know what he really had And he showed up, and he proved that there's some validation to them picking him where they did and good potential going forward. He's got a lot of work to do, but he showed signs, and that's all I really wanted to see from him. Uh, I agree about the pressure. I didn't feel there was enough pressure there. I'm not surprised the Raiders have a really good offensive line, so I'm not shocked that we didn't get in there. I felt we did a better job in the passing game with our linebackers than we have in the past. Most of the damage they did was against our corners, I felt like. Yeah, and that's what we expected to see happen. My problem was is we were too porous against the run game to not be getting pressure on the quarterback. So I I was disappointed in our rush defense. You know, and I already covered it. it's tackling, it's getting low. You know, so that wasn't a positive for me as far as the rush goes. But I did like what I saw from Adoree. The receiving group, I thought they had a pretty solid game. For Delaney not, get, not to get a target in the first half and get seven uh, receptions for 76 yards in the second half, that, that tells you he's absolutely still our number one receiver. These other guys, are, they're going to work their way up, but Delaney's still the man because he gets open. Uh, Matthews made some big plays, Corey Davis showed us a lot. Uh, that, that play where he went up in the air and got it, got himself down in bounds. that was an awesome play. That's what we expect to see from these guys going forward. So our passing attack looks to be in good hands. I expect more uh, ground attack to come into play next week. And if uh, Murray's not 100% up to speed, then fine, give Henry some more carries. Just let's get the ground game going.
2: Yeah, I think that both rookies' first-rounders looked good in this game. Like you guys said, uh, Jackson, I think, Played very well in a, a tough matchup. I thought Corey Davis played very well in this game caught some caught some balls that probably a lot of receivers could not catch and wouldn't be able to. So we definitely got to see that athleticism and that uh, ball catching ability. Um, some other good things. I think the passing game did more good than it did bad. We, you know we did have some mistakes made and some overthrows, you know some uh, you know I talked to Matt before the show at one point we threw for the long ball three times in a row. Which I was, you know, obviously didn't work out. and ended up in a punt. I thought we could have play called better there, but you know, play calling was obviously something we lacked. Um, the only time I thought the play calling was good was that play action that you were talking. Sorry, not play action. The the read option that you were talking about, Matt. If you go back a couple plays before that, we run that same play with Demarco Murray getting the ball, and it only netted like two or three yards, if I'm remembering correctly. But then, you see it then, and the defense thought they were seeing the exact same play. And you can see them shift. They were going after stopping uh, DeMarco Murray, and he takes it out. And obviously, um, Marcus Mariota scores a touchdown with it. So that was good. You set up that play in order for it to work. The The pressure, though, that I was talking about, we didn't get the sacks. But this is a good offensive line. Our pass rush isn't that spectacular. The pressure, though, led to a lot of check down passes. Those were not first read passes he was making. Those were being forced out of him because he didn't have enough time to even look downfield, which is good. We don't want him to look downfield. We want him to throw short passes if he's going to throw. So he can't take advantage uh, of a weaker secondary, which we did that part perfect. We put enough pressure that he couldn't get long reads, uh, longer plays set up. The problem is, though, the tackling on the back end was not there. You know, if we make those tackles on checkdowns, that's, you're talking about second and seven, you know, third and five, and then we're off the field. Instead, it's, you know, second and two, first down. That's that's the problem is those checkdowns really hurt us as we weren't tackling on the back end. Our linebacker core, our safeties even, did not do a good job in this game. Getting to that ball carrier, getting to that play, and making the play, you know, at the catch, we did not do a good job of that. And that's why those and Duck plays worked so well against us. They didn't have enough time to open up their offense and get the ball down the field but they didn't need to because we weren't making tackles up front. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about what the rest of the AFC South did this weekend and then give you a look forward to this first divisional game for us this season. We'll be right back. Time to pay the bills. Some quick ads and we'll get right back to the show. Hey Titans fans, you've probably heard us talk about the group page several times on this show, and I'm sure you're wondering what we're talking about.
0: Tennessee Titans Uncensored is a Facebook group page that was built by Titans fans for Titans fans and was founded by our very own Matt Necron.
1: If you're a Titans fan that's looking to talk about the latest Titan news, then this is where you need to be.
0: And you can help me shit-talking crackheads.
1: Because nobody likes crackheads.
2: That is Tennessee Titans Uncensored on Facebook. Tighten up.
1: You're listening to Two-Tone Uncensored. Brought
0: to you by Podbean. Hey, this is Bo Scaife. You're listening to Two-Tone Uncensored. Tighten up.
2: All right, we're back from the commercial break. Before we jump into what happened around the AFC South, I wanted to get Matt's perspective on this. He was at this game. Give us the overall feel of what it was like being in Nashville for this game.
1: Well, it was my first time at Nissan stadium in Nashville in general. So that part of it was awesome. The the pre-gaming was definitely something you guys should check out if you never have. Uh, But when you go to a a home game, you you obviously expect to see mostly all Titan fans Uh, in recent years past. It's definitely not been that way. Now there have been um, teams this past year that have come into Nissan stadium and, and taken over noise wise. And just in general, It wasn't the case. There were a good bit of them. You know, they they made themselves seen and and heard. But there were a lot of Titans fans, so I was pleased with that. One thing I just wanted to touch on, though, I mean, as I'm in my seat, um, a lot of the fans just kind of have the expectations that we're going to get beat down or we're going to get walked on. And, you know, they're there when, when you need to make noise. They're there participating. But then we have this new first down chant. Not everybody was really in sync with that. I think it got better as the game went on, but it's very clear that that's something new. And it's just like you had the feeling. I didn't feel confident sitting there watching at really any point in the game. We started off with that bad onside kick, you know, that kind of deflated the crowd. Um, We did bounce back, but crowd participation is huge. Now, when called upon, you know we we were loud, we showed up. But like I've I've talked to people who watched the game on TV, said that all they could hear was Amari Cooper chants, and uh, you know I couldn't hear any of that. I had a couple Raiders um, almost directly behind me, a few rows. So I mean I could hear the Raiders chanting, but it, it wasn't. It's only because the rest of the stadium's quiet. That's how it's supposed to be, I guess. But I just think that the fan base, how the team has changed from a couple years ago to now. The fans are not quite caught up yet.
2: Basically, <clears throat> a shout-out to all those fans. If you're going to the game, be loud. I, w- ho- I want Nissan Stadium to be ravenous. I want people to be, like, not afraid to gum, like, but I want it to be uncomfortable. I don't want anybody, like, fighting anybody or anything like that, but I want you to be uncomfortable in that seat, just loud and and passionate. And we're not there yet. We're not. You can tell when you talk to fans, interact with fans, we're not there yet as a culture.
1: It's almost the other way around. It's like, and maybe it's because it's Raider fan. I don't know. I mean, they're one of the more obnoxious fan bases in the league. I was talking to Jason Irons earlier, and he was saying how one of his buddies, a Buffalo fan, how they love to come to Tennessee because the fans are so nice. Like, (laughs) I get that's like, you know, that's a a Southern thing and, and whatever. And, you know, aside from the actual game, that's great. Like, invite the people to your tailgate, whatever, no big deal. You know, We're all there for the same thing, but it's almost like you feel like you're a visitor sitting there. Now, I, I didn't really get that, but I could see different parts of the stadium that were kind of uh, overtaken by some Raider fans. And just the general consensus was not that this is the Titan Stadium, you will respect us. It was more of like a, a 50-50. In comparison to last season and the year before, is actually a big step, so we're we're headed the right direction, but I just don't think we're there yet. Yeah, I didn't
0: hear anybody saying that. This felt like a home game for them, you know, unlike last year. So it's a it's a move in the right direction. We'll get there. I agree. Um, yeah, you know, but but you know, you want to talk about fans that are disappointed that we can't stand? I'm going to go ahead and talk about our crackheads online. What the hell's wrong with you people? What is your fucking plan if we fire the coach week one? What are we going to do? You know, who do you think is going to come in here and take this team to the promised land? Starting, you know, basically today, three, ga- three days of practice, go into a game and take us 15 and one for the rest of the season and on to a Super Bowl. How do you figure that shit's going to happen? That can't happen. It's not going to work out for you. This isn't a movie. All right. If you want to fire Malarkey week one, just like you did last year. Who did you think was going to come in last year and take us 15-1 and one and go to the Super Bowl? It wasn't going to happen. If we switched coaches with Belichick, he lost this week. It still wasn't going to happen. You, you people have got to chill the hell out and realize that this is a game and it takes time and you have to develop players, you have to develop into the system. Yeah, they made some mistakes. Yeah, there's some stuff we just don't like. But you can't just expect it just to turn around immediately, fire the coach, rebuild the whole system, and go back out there and work. I mean, if you brought a coach in, you're going to have to bring somebody in. He's got to call the exact same plays because you can't come in and change the language and change the system day one and still get anything done, just like Malarkey said when he took over for, for Wizenhunt. It doesn't work that way. You know, Calm down, you delusional fucks. This is reality. You don't have to be happy about it, but burning the city to the ground and salting the earth behind you is not going to fix anything.
1: You know what sucks is that, you know, when you have an online platform like we do, these 10 percenters, they stick out like a sore thumb. And it's not everybody, but it's like, I can't even go to this shit on Sunday afternoon. Like, unless unless we dominate and blow a team out, which obviously hasn't been very often, you don't even want to go check your damn Facebook. You don't want to do anything because you have these dumbasses that just, they speak their mind, I guess. But, man, like, have some substance behind your thought. Like, you're a fucking... Dumbass. The
2: overreaction is extreme. It's extreme for every team, though. I mean, you look at, like, people are, like, talking about the Patriots, how they're going to be terrible, and, and like, I, like after that, that uh, loss against Kansas City, they're still a really good team. The Tennessee Titans are still a very good team. We're still going to be a playoff team. We're still going to win a lot of football games this year. It's week one. It was a tough opponent. And we lost. And then that happens. We're going to lose football games. No one thought, or I hope no one thought this was going to be a 16-0 and team. We regroup. We have an easier game coming up next week. Still, you know, we'll talk about it. A tough opponent. But an easier game. We'll move forward. We'll keep collecting wins. It was one week against a really good football team. It's not the end of the world, I promise
0: you. Yeah, if this happens against the Colts when they don't have Andrew Luck, then you start having these conversations. Then you're like, what the fuck's going on with the team? Right now, th- this is this is a great matchup against a team that's very similar and about a year ahead of us in the rebuilding process. If you thought this game was going to be easy, again, you're a delusional fuck. We don't want to hear from you, and we're going to let you post on that page so that people can rip you for it, but it's just depressing that that many stupid people are out there running around spouting off their mouths, and I guess that's the nature of social media, so I'm not going to sound like the old man and tell everybody to get off my lawn, but get off my fucking lawn. <laughs> Matt's
2: right, too, when he said that it's it's a delusional 10%. It's like 90% of the fans are you know, completely backing the team. They back mallark either. They're ready for a good season. They realize it's just one loss. It's just a very vocal minority.
1: You're going to have that and you know, unfortunately, they are the ones that people notice. And the first it step
2: is... to getting over to rehabbing this crackheadedness is listening to two tone uncensored. So
0: <laughs> come come <laughs> it, get it. It can't make it any worse, that's for damn sure. <laughs>
2: All right, guys, before we get carried away with going after these crackhead fans, let's jump back into the show here. Let's talk about what help, what else happened in the AFC South. First, let's talk about this game for Indianapolis. No Andrew Luck, and they lose 46-9 to against what is a pretty average at best Rams team. So my question for you in this, will the Colts win a game before Andrew Luck comes back?
1: Not with Scott Tolzien, they're not. I know that much. I don't know Jacoby Brissett. I'm not sure what he's going to do. I saw him in limited action maybe last year maybe the year before i don't remember uh, i think he was rookie last year was not he
0: yes he was he, he he played like a game and a half or something like that before he got yeah
1: running. yeah i mean and nothing that impressive and not to mention he had a patriots team to play with not a colt's team so
0: and he
2: got shut out by
1: the bills yeah okay well i don't i don't know that much about the kid but uh he played at north carolina state i know that much i have seen him in college play he's not a bad player i just don't think he's anything great I don't know the Colts' schedule. Haven't looked at it close enough. But if you're going to get spanked that badly by the Los Angeles Rams, then my guess is you're not going to win many games.
0: You know, the Rams, they have a pretty solid defense, but they didn't have their best defensive player for this game. I think the Colts, without Andrew Luck, are the worst team in football. I think, honestly, the Jets could beat this team and do it pretty easily because they're a more complete team than the the Colts are with Brissett or Tolzien. I mean, Brissett was two of three for 51 yards, so there's some promise there compared to what Tolzien did. But they only threw 21 passes this game, and just kept the ball on the ground and tried to get things done. You know, Gore ran for 4.2 yards of carry. That's all right. His backup ran for like 2.4 or something like that, so even the rookie is not going to be any help. This team doesn't have an offensive line. The defense is still, you know, a work in progress from a terrible unit last year, and then you don't have a quarterback. I can't see them winning a game until Andrew Luck gets back.
2: Let's move on to the next one. It was an AFC South matchup, the Jags and the Houston Texans. Jacksonville had a very impressive win here, 29-7 to over the Houston Texans. So Josh Ebo asked this for the mailbag, but I thought we'd wait and, and deliver it right now. Is Jacksonville suddenly good, or is Houston just that terrible?
1: It's probably a mixture of both. I think their defense is good. Uh, the, the stats speak for themselves, but Houston, you know, there's – They're just coming off of that hurricane, and I don't want to use that as an excuse, but it's week one. It's not time for teams to define themselves with how they're going to play. Are Are the Houston Texans going to look that bad each week? No, they're not. Are the Jags going to look that good each week? No, they're not. So it's probably a little bit of both, but their defense, I mean, on paper, they look very good. Now, I didn't get to watch the game. You know, I did a lot of traveling these last couple of days, but uh, I'm going to take a look at them for sure before this next week comes up. Um, but I think it's a little overreaction to see if the Jags are that good or, or Houston's that bad.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it's a mix of both. The The Jaguars did a great job of getting after those quarterbacks, and part of that is the Texans' offensive line isn't very good. But they had 10 sacks, something like that, this game. Yeah, That 10 doesn't sacks. happen. If you have 10 sacks, interception, and you force three fumbles, obviously you're beating the shit out of the quarterback. Nothing's going right for the other team. No one's gaining any yards on the ground, and the quarterbacks are just trying to get rid of the ball before they die. So you won't see that performance again next week against us, or you better not. But the Texans aren't as bad as they looked in that game. But the Jaguars' defense, which should have been for real last year, looks a little bit more for real this year. We'll see how they play against better competition more complete teams. But the Texans are pretty shitty this year. Their options at quarterback aren't going to get it done, which means the running backs aren't going to have any room to run. So I would really expect the Jaguars to come a little bit closer back to earth. But the talent's there for that to be a realistic output for them.
2: Jacksonville looked good in this game. Their defense is good. I mean, that's just plain, simple fact. They're good. Ten sacks and four turnovers, though, is not going to happen a lot. They were facing a really terrible offense. And, I, you know, I know Houston was like, oh, they were bad last year. It was a bad offense. But they've got worse. They, now you're looking at a team that quarterback play is going to be a question mark if Watson doesn't show up. And I think he's the starter from here on out. I think they're not putting Tom Savage, Tom Savage back out there until the rookie gets his chance because he was the only part of their offense that seemed to be working. Then you also, not a lot of people are talking about it, but Dwayne Brown, their left tackle, still holding out, still not playing. It is a huge problem for them. With him on the field, you know they're a middle-of-the-road offensive line. They're probably around 13, 14, 15 around there in the league. With him out, you're talking about back, like back 20, like 25, 26, 27, somewhere in there. It's a huge loss for them, especially when you have Tom Savage, who's a game manager at best. At his peak, he's a game manager, and then you have a rookie quarterback coming in. You're not gonna get good pass, or you're not gonna get good, um, good pockets with that kind of recipe, that offensive line that's in front of them until they figure out. They need to pay Dwayne Brown. If the, I hope they don't, I hope can, can, Houston keeps letting him set out and keeps struggling because it helps us out, but. At the beginning of the season, I said that Houston was a 6-win team this year, and I think they've shown uh, showed that in this game. They're, not, they're a terrible offense, and that defense is not as good as it was last year. They lost a lot on the back half of that defense. That's going to hurt, and you know, it just showed in this game. One thing, though, is Jacksonville's offense is still bad. You know, They did run 100 yards on what, it was like 26 carries with Leonard Fournette, and he looked decent in this game. He looked pretty good, but only offensive TDs were aided by really long penalties. They had a long uh, roughing the passer, and then you have a very long pass interference that happened on those drives where their their offense scored touchdowns. They were aided by Houston playing bad defense, by racking up stupid penalties that moved them down the field. When they didn't have those dumb penalties, they were either kicking field goals or they weren't going in either, or they were punting. Jacksonville's offense is still terrible. They looked really good in this game because they played a lot with short field, you know, that one drive they had was a seven-yard drive total, but they got a field goal out of it because their defense stepped up. Jacksonville's not going to score 29 every game. They're they're a really bad offense still. They just played a team where their defense was so overmatched against a really bad offense that it made them look spectacular. Jacksonville's still going to have a lot of struggles on offense, and when you see eight men in the box, Blake Bortles, I don't know, has the arm to even overcome that, so it's going to be an issue, and we'll talk about that later in there, but... It was a good win for Jacksonville, and it just shows you. I think it shows you how bad Houston is more than it shows you how good Jacksonville truly is.
0: Yeah, Jacksonville, you know, they threw 11 of 21 for 125 yards, so it wasn't their passing game. They just they ran the ball 26 times with Fournette, nine times with Ivory. Obviously, this is a running team first because they don't have the quarterback to get it done. You know, so that tells you that they're going to be like we were last year without having a Marcus. They're, they're not a scary team but they've got the defense. They've got the potential with the ground game. It could be a good year for their for that part of their game, but their their passing game is fucked. So I'm, I'm not really scared about them. But I'm on my way out of here, guys. Uh, sorry I can't do the rest of it with you. Tighten up.
1: We will hold it against you.
2: All right, Matt, let's move on here to the next week. We have this Jacksonville team. Right now it's, it's set to be played in Jacksonville, but there's a lot of questions with Hurricane Irma if that will happen, so definitely be on the lookout for any news with that. But our offense versus their defense, you know, focusing on the passing game, what do we look for in this matchup?
1: I'm sticking Jalen Ramsey on Corey Davis, and uh, more than likely A.J. Boye will be draped over Rashard Matthews. Now, they could rotate. I'm not saying that's going to be their set matchup, but as we just said, man, their defense, especially on paper, as I'm looking at it right now, is pretty solid. It's not much different from what it was last year on paper. As far as their their overall talent, it's there. It's a matter of whether they can actually put it all together. As we've already said, we want to see more running against this team, not necessarily more passing. But I think that's going to open up our passes. Uh, Ramsey is a solid corner, and I think he's only going to get better. Boye had a good run with Houston. I'm not overly impressed with him. I'm kind of glad we didn't overpay him like they did. But, you know, you look at their, even their safeties. They have uh, Tayshawn Gibson and Barry Church, guys that are probably past their primes, but still solid contributors to a, to a pretty good defense. So as far as our pass game goes, I want to see more Delaney Walker against some of their their linebackers. Um, dude, Miles Jack, man, he had 14 tackles this past game. I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with what he's been able to do. I kind of expected it. Uh but as a whole from from top to bottom their defense on paper looks legit. So it's something we need to to definitely be aware of. I don't know if our passing attack is going to necessarily struggle against them because I think their strength is more in their front seven, but uh hopefully we can open up some of our one-on-one matchups with our Corey Davis, like I think we probably should have against Oakland. I think that'll set up a lot of good stuff for us. And and obviously establish the run. If we can get our run game going, it's only going to open up everything else.
2: Yeah, and speaking of that, I'm going to preview the the running game here. We got to run the ball. You got to have. We have to get after them and run the football. This team, their uh, their defense is set up to stop the pass. It really. I mean, they have a good pass rush. They have a solid secondary back there with two good corners. They're built to stop the pass. We need to run the football. Make them try to stop us um, by pounding the rock in this game. And then it's really just matchups after that when you get into the passing game. And, you know, Matt, you kind of touched on that. But we really need to control the clock, run the football, and win field position. You know, we're going to get to their offense in a second. Their offense is not good. So if we can move the ball down the field methodically, win field position, we might punt on this drive, but the next drive we're going to be scoring a touchdown. Win field position, move the football down the field it's going to be a, a big key for us. I really want to see us run a lot more than we did in this last game, um, because I think, you know, if we pass more, we're feeding into their strength. Their defense is strong against the pass. They're not as strong. It's not a bad um, team against the run by no stretch of the imagination. But they're not as good. And we are a good running football team when we stick true to it. So pound that rock, and, and you know, set up easy second and third downs, convert, and you know, keep moving the ball down the field. Um, what would you say your X factor on our offense this week is going to be?
1: It's got to be exploiting the one-on-one matchups, and I think Corey Davis should have a, a pretty good game. Now, Jalen Ramsey is one of the best up-and-coming co- up cornerbacks, probably in the league, uh, but I think if we have one-on-one matchups, you know, we call them 50-50 balls. I think with Corey Davis, it's more like a you know, 60-40 type thing, so I, I'm confident in what he can do. I know we have to hit Delaney early. I don't know what took them so long. Maybe they thought that Oakland was zeroing in on Delaney Walker. That's why we didn't try to go to him early. But the guy's a monster. We have to hit him early. He's going to be, you know, one of the main X factors week to week. I think we have to use Delaney Walker. Why wouldn't we? And, you know, if teams do start to zero in on him, you get these two two tight end packages with uh, John U. Smith in there. The kid can make plays as well. So, I want to use our tight ends more and establish who we are. We need to hit the tight ends early. We need to run the ball often. And all that is going to open up everything else. And I think we finally have somebody on the outside like Corey Davis that can get one-on-one matchups and make something out of them. That's what we need to do.
2: I agree with you there. That was mine. But I'll give everybody a different X factor. And for me, that's going to be uh, the bottom half of our wide receiver depth chart. When we have these guys going up, you have you know Decker and and Corey Davis out there. I'm going to be impressed with what the guys that aren't covered by their top two corners can do, because outside of those two, the depth is a little suspect on this team. So when you get guys like uh, Matthews and Taylor that can do a lot of damage from the slot position, and then you mentioned our tight ends, get those guys involved early and get them going, get that um, those link ups happening quickly, and You know, force them to maybe shift their matchups around, and then that's when you can make big plays to Decker and Corey Davis when they have those favorable matchups. I'm excited to see Marcus move the ball around in this one a lot. They have talent all across this defense, but there are definitely weak spots. Marcus needs Marcus and Robisky, and need to work together this week. Find those mismatches and exploit them. That's going to be a huge factor. But I'm excited to see you know the guys that are. Not the bigger names on this wide receiver depth chart. And Matthews, obviously, is a huge name. But, but Taewon Taylor, getting him involved, getting the slot receiver guys involved early, and um, you know forcing the Jacksonville Jaguars to make tough decisions. Um, let's move on to the defense, though. Our defense versus their pass offense, what are we looking at?
1: You know I looked at this from this this past week with Jacksonville and Houston, and one thing that caught my eye was the fact that they have Alan Hearns is at the bottom of their depth chart. Now, take that with a grain of salt because he was actually the lead leading receiver with three receptions for forty two yards. But Alan Robinson's down for the year, a guy that I'm familiar with only because I saw him in college he hasn't he's been in the league for seven years, Aurelius Ben. A real standout at Illinois, uh, hasn't done much of anything. I think he was drafted by the Bucs uh, way back when, and I'm pretty sure he's floated around maybe to to Baltimore. Well, now he's a Jaguar. He's a smaller receiver, more of a slot guy. He's listed right behind Allen Robinson. Uh, Marquise Lee is that number two guy. He'll probably stay where he was, and I think they're going to insert Allen Hearns. Now, why he was so far back on the depth chart, I don't know. Uh, The only other receiver they have on their roster as of right now, Keelan Cole, who I've never heard of, don't know anything about. I expect them to pick somebody up with this huge blow to Allen Robinson, losing him for the year. So their passing attack will not necessarily be their strength against us. Obviously, Leonard Fournette just put up 100 yards on Houston, who had a pretty good defense last season. I think we need to shut down the run first and foremost, and I don't think the passing attack should be an issue.
2: Right, and I'm covering this rush defense, and that's exactly what needs to happen. First off, I'll say is tackle. That's what we need to do. Get squared up. Get your shoulders in their hips or their thighs and wrap up and tackle. No more of this diving at shoestrings and tackling at the shoulder pads. Hit guys in the gut and drive them backwards. That's what we need to do in this game. Um, We really need to stop the run and force Blake Bortles to beat us. This is an easy team to plan for as a defense because they do one thing – pretty well from what we saw last week, and one thing really poorly, and that's when Blake Bortles has the ball in his hands. We need to stop Leonard Fournette early in this game, force the ball into Blake Bortles' hands. An early lead, obviously, is going to be something that we're looking for, so it puts more pressure on them to throw the football. But, yeah, we need to come up and stop. Stack that box, put eight men in the box, force them to pass the ball and Blake Bortles is not a good quarterback. We will be able to take advantage of this, even though we have a young secondary. Like Matt was just saying, no Allen Robinson. They're really not they're not deep at all at wide receiver. This is gonna be an issue for them. So stack that box, stop Fournette, make Blake Bortles beat us. For your X Factor in this matchup, who you got?
1: Our linebackers are gonna set the tone. If we can get pressure on Blake Bortles, get him frustrated early, cause pressure, cause turnovers. I think we are going to see some turnovers by our defense this week. I think uh, we're going to see a lot more of of Jayon Brown in coverage. I think we're going to see a lot more uh, exotic blitzes from Dick LeBeau. I think this game is probably more important than last week's game with Oakland, obviously a division game, but we owe Jacksonville something this week. And I think if we can get uh, solid pressure from our linebacking core, that's going to set the tone for this season and for this division.
2: I had it written down, Avery Williamson, Wesley Woodyard, and I think you can throw Cyprian in there as well. Those guys that are going to be in the gaps, making plays in the running game. Uh, Cyprian obviously less in the gaps and more um, you know, around the edges and stuff, but still we need those guys to step up and have a big game because if, if Williamson – who is really good against the run, and Woodyard, who's been pretty decent against the run as well. If we can get those guys to come up, get in those gaps, stop Fournette early, you're going to force the ball into Blake Bortles' hands, and that's exactly what we want. Now, I want to see a Doherty Jackson streaking down the sideline with the ball in his hands and Blake Bortles with his head on his hands on his helmet wondering what just happened. That's exactly what we want in this game. So, Avery Williamson, Wesley Woodyard, that's the center of our uh, linebacking core. And then, obviously, Cyprian, who comes up, plays really well against the run from the safety spot. You can add him in there as well as an X-factor in this game. We need to stop the run. That's the big thing. So, moving on here, our final predictions.
1: Assuming we can get our pressure early, score early, so we're not playing from behind, where we can control the clock, control the the, uh, time of possession... I'd say we could easily go up, and you know, I'm thinking back to last year where the one game we dominated, you know, it was like 50 to nothing at halftime, and then the other one where we got our ass whooped at the end of the year. Um, You go somewhere in between those, and you and I could see something where you know maybe we put up 27-13 type game if we can control the clock. We just have to play our game, man, and I think if we do that, I see us scoring at least three touchdowns, and I don't think that uh, they're going to have too much success in the end zone.
2: Glenn sent us in his prediction, and it's Titans win 21-13. to 13. And, Matt, I have it written down. I did my prediction earlier today and wrote down the exact same numbers that you said, 27-13 to 13, uh, over the Jags. I think we are going to put pressure on them, stop the run, make Bortles beat us, and that's going to cause interceptions. That's all we have for the show this week. Thanks to Matt and Glenn for coming on. Always fun to do the show. This week in Jacksonville, possibly. We'll see what happens with that. Everybody that can go to the game, go show up. Steal home field away from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's go get a W. Tighten up.
1: Hey, we might even be at home this week. You never know.
2: Right?
0: Thanks for listening to the Two-Tone Uncensored podcast. You can listen to the show at 2 com or by downloading the Cognine app on your mobile device. Be sure to
1: follow the show on Twitter at TwoToneUncensored and like us on Facebook.